The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. This episode of The House Glow is brought to you by Fun.com. Fun.com, the best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, clothing, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves, and you won't find them anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes and see the latest products, and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th of 2021. Your savings are automatically added to your cart, so just click the link and go have some fun shopping. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. So you might as well outfit your wolf pack, because these savings will only last for a short time. They won't be for life. The House Show, for over one year, the revolutionary force in retro sports entertainment podcasts. This one goes out to all the gorgeous ladies. The Retro Network, The House Show Podcast, and Fabergé Organics Shampoo proudly presents to you this detour on the path through the decade of decadence. As we turn the house show into the house glow. Now let's welcome to the stage your trio's tag team champions. The mass library, Kevin Hellions. The educator of excellence and sweet Maddie Treats. Now strap on your spandex glittering thongs because there ain't no business like glow business. Welcome everyone to another edition of the House Glow. It is me as always, Mr. Maddie Treats. And I'm joined by my trio's tag team partners. To my left is none other than the man on the yacht. The educator of excellence. Educator, we're into uh, we're into June. How you feeling? I do have a little sunburn. I have been out on the boat once, been spending more time on the mower, but uh, we have taken the boat out at least once. So all is going well. We are just literally tiptoe steps away from uh, from school break, and uh, just loving life as we speak right now. It's funny, Educator, you say you got a little sun, but with the way the ring light is hitting you, you look like Brother Love. I do. I love you. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, and the man to our right is none other than the masked library, Mr. Kevin Hallions. Kevin, how's it going? I do not go out in the sun. 
Actually, I was out in the sun last weekend and I got sick. Turned out to not be the sun, though. I just had something bad. It was a good two days of getting sick. Feel like Congratulations. I kind of re- feel like I kind of reset my stomach, though. <laughs> Did like you just I, hit the reset button? Uh, it's like I booted it back to zero. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that, though. You know, um, get rid of everything that is in your tum tum and, and your bum bum. And to see your tum tum and bum bum gum gum. Mm-hmm. And you just dispose of it. Get rid of it. Coming out both ends. So um, that's poop talk, guys. 2021. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, we got a lot of important things to get down. Uh, number one, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you read the educator's contract? The no brown M&M's? Well, yeah, that's yeah. in there. But yeah, I mean, come on, man. Ugh, if but, you're gonna have chocolate, they gotta have color. I, come on. I mean, this is a big thing we should probably talk about, Kevin. Is I didn't realize this when we signed the educator up to do this podcast, he's got a no summers clause in his in in his hosting duties. No, it, uh, it was a no sunny clause. Sunny the California girl, he doesn't call her matches. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, that's my oh, that's my understanding. Um, that's why I agreed he, to it. Because the educator is saying, like, you know, he's he's off from educating the public, you know, the high schoolers. He wants to take the podcast off for the summer. Well, that's ridiculous. It's not like Glow lines up for us to end Glow with what's available on Tubi or Pluto at the same time he's ending school. That would be absolutely absurd. I mean, it just kind of works out that way, in all honesty. Um so I think what we're going to have to do is take the summer off. Are you okay with that, Kevin? I, I, w- I was giving time for the audience to cry, to console themselves. So. Yeah. Um, so so just a little housekeeping so everyone knows, a little State of the Union, I guess. I don't know. We usually do this on a run-in, but let's do it on this show. Um, <laughs> so we're going to take the summer off, maybe. Maybe we're going to take a a thousand years off now we're gonna come back definitely coming back in the fall uh, but with the state of peacock uh nothing's being loaded onto that website whatsoever it's terrible um you know they said they're gonna have pay-per-views by SummerSlam. they're not gonna have saturday night's main event by SummerSlam, though no. just the pay-per-views um i think it's best if we kind of our season four, I guess it would be season five. Is this technically season four? This is season four at this point. Yeah. So season five, we'll, we'll take a little break and come back season five, hot and heavy when the educator is back in the fall. Here we go. I'm going to go on a little hiatus, a little rest and relaxation mode, recharge the batteries, reprioritize some focuses here. going to work on me, work on the boat. You know, it'll be good. Is this your, this is your eat, pray, love summer? Exactly. Summer of George. <laughs> Summer of George. Uh, but, but uh, Kevin, uh, mm-hmm. did you read your contract? No, I never read terms and conditions. I just I know because it. because your contract says your contract says you must work in the summer. It's ironclad, uh, baby. It's it's ironclad. So you're going to continue releasing episodes all summer long. All summer long. So Kid Rock song. Well, that's a call. That's a callback because I learned that a couple episodes ago. You did. You did. He, he likes to sample the Leonard Skinner. Likes to sample other things too. I'm sure. So, listeners know that on Monday we have a run-in and/or hot tag, and on Thursdays is the main show. However, if you are following 
on the Retro Network and seeing what podcasts go up what days. Usually Wizards is also has a new episode up on Mondays for Wizard Files. I don't want to steal their thunder. That's Thor's job. That's the whole reason they're reading comics there. So, Kevin. Yeah. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. When does thunder happen? Well, on Thor's day. Thor's day? Thursday. There it is. <laughs> So I will be taking over the Thursday feed. My hot tags will continue under new name. Because being a spinoff of a show that's not active doesn't really make sense. Oh, so, who did to call it? Do you have a name? I do. I have this old logo sitting around. It hasn't gotten a lot of use in the last couple of years. <laughs> Sounds like your peanuts. What's going on? <laughs> So I got this old logo sitting around that hasn't been used for a couple years, and yet people still call me it, and people still ask about it and all, so I thought it was time. So my series of one-on-one interviews with creators will continue under the name Talk Hellions. They seem to have this, I have Talk Hellions. They seem to have this TH logo that I have on t-shirts and stickers and everything that someone tried to take away from me. I'm bringing it back. There you go. Bringing it back. That's right, folks. We'll try to take that away. You don't know that story? That's all fair story. That's a Patreon story. Everyone, <laughs> you want to go to Patreon. Um, yeah, so that's what's going to happen. We're going to take the summer off. I need some rest and relaxation. Actually, I just won a bunch of money on AMC stock. So thank you to the meme gods. Um, I'm going to take some time off. Educator's going to take some time off. Kevin, he's the working man, the workhorse of the group. He's going to continue releasing content and interviews every week for you guys during the summer. And we will be back in the fall. And we're coming back with a bang, right? Um, The reasoning I say we're coming back with a bang is, uh, Kevin, what are we doing this fall? Well, I mean, after the listeners will have gone such a long time without hearing your voices, I'm sure they'd be clamoring to not only hear them again, but to see you in person as well. So all three of us will be attending this year's RetroCon in beautiful Oaks, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we will be at a RetroCon in Oaks, Pennsylvania. I know the big boss will be there. Basically, what we're doing is showing up and kissing the ring. That's right, baby. (laughs) Paying homage. Paying homage. No, we're looking very excited to actually uh, meet some people. Um, that we, we we know their voice, so we can put a face to their voice. A um, face? Hopefully, oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, hopefully, if you're out there, you can meet up with us. Um, you know, I uh, I'm trying to pick between two gentlemen's clubs that are in the area, so uh, that's where I will be. These guys are going to the retro thing. Uh, where there's old toys. Uh, no, so it should be really exciting. Uh, all we ask you guys to do is when we invite you up to our room, just put the keys in a bowl and we'll figure it out from there. There we go. I mean, I was planning on doing interviews, but I just didn't realize I needed the casting couch for it. Well, this job does pay $1,000 to $5,000 a day. <laughs> I love Rick. Uh, yeah, so that's that, that's it. Very excited about this. Very excited about uh, RetroCon coming up. That's going to be a fun, fun week for us. Uh, there's some local wrestling shows that are going on. I have a wedding to go to. Uh, a lot of stuff planned for the fall. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to ha- taking a nice little break from the podcast personally. 
Uh, I edit a lot of stuff, so that'll be fun for me. I'm still going to edit some other stuff and and stuff you're working on. Plus, I'm going to be working on a a side thing that I got going. So uh, very excited about that. We look forward uh, to Kevin. I look forward to Talk Hellions, which is the, some people are saying it's the ever rise of the Retro Network podcast. Damn it, now I need mugs. I mean, besides my own beautiful one. And educator, will you remember us while you're gone? Um, you know, I'll probably be, uh, you know, sailing the seas, ahoy matey, you know, doing my thing. I'll try to remember you guys. I don't want us to maybe we'll send you send you a postcard. I don't want us to become perfect strangers. Do you remember? Remember my name? Such great music. So, yeah, that, that's what's going on. So if you see us at uh, RetroCon, give us a little, hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. But why don't we go to the reason we are here? Let's cover Run for the Rubies Part 8 and Part 9. Of course, we're starting with Part 8. And we start in the women's locker room. Then we get our Riviera card rundown. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's Glow Gossip. Then we get our Glow Wrap. And that goes right into match number one on the card. Educator, did you have something about the intros? Hey, Thunderbolt and Lightning, they're teaming back up again. We've been talking about thinking, hey, whatever happened to Thunderbolt? Did she, you know, jump ship? Did she get signed elsewhere? Uh, Did she have a kid, possibly? We didn't know where she went. Now, all of a sudden, hey, she's showing back up. Resuming the tag, baby. I am shocked by who appears on these two episodes and very much wondering, like we've brought up before, the order of recording. Like, who is here makes zero sense. Oh, (laughs) Oh, just wait. (laughs) There's there's no sense to any of the things that are in these episodes. Um, But yeah, we're starting off with Major Tanya taking on Roxy. Roxy Aster. There it is. In a run for the Rubies. Is this a semifinal? This is a semi for a semifinal spot, which would be final three. Quarterfinal. So this is a quarterfinal to get into the semis. To get into the final four? Yes, basically. All right. Uh, What'd you guys think of this one? Uh fun match. I I thought maybe that we the whole idea of the the Russians splitting, I truly believe thought maybe that Tanya was going to go to the end and at least be you know show that you know she was certainly Nanashka's you know equal at least in the team and would have went further. But uh, finishing the match seemed kind of weird, kind of botched, out of nowhere kind of deal. But uh, continuing on with the whole thing with Roxy Astor with the. Uh, Park Avenue knockouts can just push and throw. I, I do think Roxy has become real sleeper talent on here. Like she is getting better and better and it doesn't matter who she's against. I've been very surprised and impressed with her. So I fully expected Tanya to win this match, but the whole time thinking Roxy should really win it. She's just showing so much more than Tanya has lately. And then I was pleasantly surprised by the end. It is botched though. You're absolutely right. I was genuinely shocked by who wins this match um, with, well, we'll we'll get to it, but with 
Roxy picking up the wind here. I thought it was very, very interesting. And uh, Kevin, is the reverse bear hug your new favorite move after the Buckingham bounce? Yeah, that's not just a reverse bear hug. There's a whole lot going on there. That's that's a and gut that's- wrench. That's a that's a pull. You know, that's a pitching the tent. It's it's everything. That's a, we got to we got to see tan lines and everything. That's a body clam. Well, there <laughs> we go. Um, educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us? So we see the start of the match with Major Tanya doing an Irish whip, and she catches Roxy into a bear hug. Eventually, Major Tanya does a fireman's carry takeover into a slam. Roxy ends up doing a double chop to the abdomen on a charging Major Tanya, who is bouncing off of the ropes. We see Roxy do a double leg takedown to Major Tanya, who falls hard to the canvas, uh, trying to uh, hold onto the ropes uh, to prevent her fall, her spill. We see a few stomps by Roxy Astor, but both of the ladies end up rolling out on the floor and they go back and forth on offense. Eventually, the ladies get back into the ring and we hear commentary uh, drop an explanation how if whoever gets eliminated from this uh, particular match, they're completely out of the tournament as at this level, you don't qualify for the random battle royal at the end for that wild card spot. It was only for those who lost in the first and the second rounds. So the ladies eventually work their way back into the ring, and we see Major Tanya end up doing a pinfall attempt onto Roxy. He only gets a two count from the referee. Roxy works a hammer lock and then eventually does a stiff shot to the gut and a snap near takeover. Major Tanya reverses an Irish whip attempt by Roxy and ends up hitting a pretty decent back body drop, sending Roxy to the canvas. Major Tanya with a big corner Irish whip. And then all of a sudden, Major Tanya sits on the top turnbuckle facing towards the ring and grabs a bear hug from behind, more like an <laughs> abdominal gut wrench, yanking on, uh, you know, Roxy Astor, pulling her up into the corner. And boy, do we have some in- interesting visuals Uh, Somehow made it to network television at that point. Major Tanya does eventually do a corner Irish whip and multiple stomps to the abdomen to Roxy. Major Tanya spends time jaw jacking and gesturing to the crowd. Tries to charge into the corner where Roxy was there, but Roxy ends up uh, grabbing onto the ropes and does a double foot stomp onto a charging Major Tanya. Roxy then responds again with an Irish whip and catches Major Tanya with a decent-looking hip toss like snap-nair takeover, goes for a pinfall, and gets a two-count from the referee. We see Major Tanya with a head-scissors lock on a downed Roxy Aster. Major Tanya works an Irish whip, and both girls hit a running clothesline onto each other. Major Tanya gets up from the double-down running clothesline and does a body slam attempt, but Roxy ends up shifting her weight and turns it basically into a body press, falling, causing Major Tanya to fall back to the canvas for a two-count. We see Roxy with a double-leg trip that takes Major Tanya down to the canvas. Major Tanya reverses an Irish whip attempt and then catches Roxy in essentially a single-handed uh, chokehold. Major Tanya tries to do another Irish whip, but then Roxy reverses it, turns it into a unique schoolboy-like roll-up, and actually gets the one-two-three pinfall. Your winner and advancing to the next round, the semifinals, is Park Avenue Knockout Roxy Astor. I kind of hope we don't see that bear hug again, but I kind of hope we do too. Um, I write down ridiculous moves when people do it 
but I got writing down actual good moves for here. And Roxy does fantastic with that snapmare towards like the second third of the match, like close to then. Real good job. Still shocked. Like, e- even though I know she's getting better and I'm getting used to it, I'm still shocked when she does something, you know, really good here. Um, I love when they toss their opponent into the fans. I absolutely love it. No guardrail, no security out there, no nothing. But the fans seem in on it, too. And, and it's not being done in a way where you have, like, a, you know, a, a giant being thrown on them. It's, you know, a hundred-something pound girl. So I'm sure everyone's, you know, okay. And I'm sure some of the guys in front row are more than okay with it. Um, did it seem, we see it in this match with Tanya, but did it seem like the hammerlock was the new favorite move over these two episodes? Like, out of, I can't remember ever seeing one before. Maybe once before. And all of a sudden, it's like every other move this time. But a little absurd with it. Um, Again, still surprised that she won. But honestly, with Roxy winning, kind of makes me... Uh, and I know, because Glow is not going to do long-term booking. But if they did, this would be a good spot to... Okay, Roxy's advanced. Tiffany has not. Do they still team up? Is Tiffany jealous of her? That'd be a great spot to do a Tiffany heel turn, which she really should be. Tanya failed. She will not be champion. Does she think that she's now not better than Ninochka? Does she apologize to Ninochka? Like, there's places you could really go with this one match ending here that'd be very interesting, and unfortunately they won't. Yeah, so moving on, we get a Dr. Feel and Grope, and he's with Big Bad Mama. We get a shampoo commercial, then we get Zelda Zingers, and then we get match number two on the card, which is a handicap match which features Mountain Fiji taking on the Widow in Black and Star. Uh. <laughs> which part? Star? Just the whole thing. Mountain Fiji is so protected. Oh, and God, Star yeah. And Star is just so not good. <laughs> Widow doing well. Oh, Widow's Should've... fantastic. Yeah. Which I thought was found weird that they've got this new gimmick, but then for her... But then later on in the next episode, they do a run for the Rubies commercial where they're showing us with all the girls with the crown on the head. And it's she's back to her dementia gimmick with the flower in the mouth. Oh, whoa, whoa, no, 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 educator. It's not just that. In the next match, when Evangelina takes on Sally, Evangelina does her rap and dementia is standing right next to her. Rocking back and forth. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. So, all right, since it's here, I kept thinking, because you got Ninochka's turn and you got Daisy's turn. And I thought, well, maybe they wanted to do the turn, just have some sort of storyline for the episode. But because of all the pre-taped vignettes and raps and everything, they had to eventually go back to the original course. So, oh, Daisy's all confused. She doesn't know what to do. So she's with, with Aunt Kitty. So when she's on the heel side for raps, it makes sense now. But then what about Ninochka? Now, then I was thinking if this announcer is actually good, and as I've mentioned before, Nanachka is beyond heel. Even the heels hate her. You could still have her on the heel side. But no, you, then you get her freaking pink outfit there. Right. It just It's because they didn't want to spend the money filming more, which is even more ridiculous because obviously Stinky's on a new one. And Sarah and Mabel, those are both new recordings. Right. That's why Johnny C has no money. Well, he's got Johnny no rapping C got skill. Rap. 
He's got to God, didn't he, though? <laughs> Kevin, I think you could beat him in a rapping contest. <laughs> oh, probably. Today, then, both. Then, now, forever. <laughs> Together. Um, so, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break down our handicap match? All right. So, we see the start of the match. Widow is distracting Mountain Fiji. So, that allows Star to basically climb onto the back of Fiji to try to work uh, basically a chokehold. But Fiji is able to shake her off. Widow attempts to try to hit a single drop kick to Mountain Fiji uh, to her upper body. But, again, Fiji kind of just staggers back. So, there wasn't too, too much effect. We see Star and Widow double team by doing double arm twists and kicks to the abdomen of Mountain Fiji. We see Star climb to the top rope and actually hits a double axe handle off of a twisted arm of Fiji that was being held by Widow. Fiji was able to end up beeling both ladies by battling back, beeling each individual lady across the ring. We see Fiji sending both of the ladies into the same corner and she ends up doing a big avalanche splash twice. Uh, crunching both of the ladies into the corner, the heels. We see Fiji with a big scoop slam to Star, and then she follows up the same with a big scoop slam to Widow. Fiji ends up twisting both girls' legs, and this actually looked like it kind of hurt. She interlocked both of the girls' legs as they're laying on their abdomen and then twisted their uh, the inside legs around each other like a pretzel and out to work a submission, but neither of the girls submitted. But then immediately after that submission attempt, she just stacks those two girls right on top of each other, does the big one foot stand on them, and the referee counts the one, two, three victory. Winner of the match, protected Mountain Fiji. Uh, well, yeah, like a national park is protected. Just right. Mountain Fiji. Um, what was this match? Two minutes? If, if, if that. that. Leg lock, yeah, that's interesting. And someone that tall, that big could totally pull it off. That wasn't bad. Um, you mentioned that Fiji doesn't sell it, but Widow landed a huge kick to her face. It looked yeah. fantastic. It should yeah, have been, a de- but she didn't sell it. No, just kind of like a barely a stagger back, and that's it. Yeah, it should have looked devastating. Should look like, oh, this new quote new person here has rocked Mount Fiji. No one else has. Like he could have done so much with it. Um, Star just does nothing. Fiji, I, I don't know what I'd call it, Judas effect, like slow turn here that she hits to both of them. Like she was just, we've seen one real good Mountain Fiji match where she was just on and hauling and look like a the monster that she should be. And this is just like, she's asleep. Like she's already Mountain Miranda in her head. Like she's just passed out sleepwalking through this match. One one of the more disappoint and it's saying a lot. One of the more disappointing matches we've ever watched in this Glow series. Did you have high expectations for it? I mean, I had high expectations be- for Widow to be able to show more. I'm I'm still putting like quote normal wrestling booking in here as a new character should get over more and more uh, offense. I know I should know better because it's Glow. But I always hope. So we followed it up with Godiva's Bare Facts. Hang on. Get... Just want to say, before we get there, I was watching this in the living room. At least here's Godiva's joke about six months of night and starts laughing from the couch and then stops and is embarrassed. It's like, I did not just laugh at Glow. <laughs> <laughs> like, even she knew that was bad. <laughs> Okay, continue. Sorry. Well, hang on. I am going to Facebook. 
<laughs> you are not. <laughs> I'm going to do the room. same. Heard, heard you like Godiva. I am going to her page, and I just wrote, <laughs> I can't believe you laughed at Glow. Send. Okay. So after Godiva's bare facts, which Elise is, it's Elise's favorite segment. Okay, so question, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Elise's mm-hmm. favorite segment is Godiva's bare facts. Right. Declan's favorite segment is Mirror Mirror. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite segment? The corner bear hug. Okay. All right. Um, and then we get MTV's Glow Connection. The AOK DJ. Woo! But, 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 do you guys pay attention to any of the uh, the jokes in the comments she made? Made a reference about Sarah and Mabel in their former gimmick as heavy metal which was very weird and so out of place in season three. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. This is just how this, all this is taped and just randomly thrown together. Crazy. Um, And then we get match number three, which is Evangelina taking on Sally, the farmer's daughter. And of course we get dementia in the Evangelina rap, like we mentioned earlier. So rocking back and forth, holding the ax, you know, looking catatonic as always. What'd you guys think of this one? I legit popped for Evangelina on the mic before the match started talking about, you know, she wants that when she counts to three and raises her hand, she wants people to say hallelujah. She wants to pray for sin. She needs, wants help to pray for sinners like Sally and babe wearing their short shorts. <laughs> I just was like, wow, this is crazy. She like, she really doesn't have skills in the ring but really could have been like a good manager. And honestly put her out there instead of aunt kitty. Right. Have her run her mouth the whole time. Like there, there's, she knows how to run her mouth and get crowd riled up. That's about it. But she does that. Well, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us? So the start of the match, the ladies do a collar and elbow tie up. Sally was able to climb onto the shoulders of Angelina and eventually roll off and turn it into a decent looking arm drag. We see Sally with a corner Irish whip, but it's reversed by Evangelina and Evangelina hits uh, basically a one legged monkey toss to take Sally over to the opposite corner of the ring. Uh, We see Evangelina tries to do a running elbow drop on a downed Sally, but Sally ends up moving out of the way and then she gets up and drops a big elbow drop of her own. We see Evangelina end up recovering and does a double arm drag and then a corner Irish whip. Uh, Sally ends up uh, catching a charging Evangelina with a head scissors uh, takeover from the corner itself. Sally does a snap near takeover. Evangelina counters uh, basically with a double foot push off that causes Sally to get tossed off to the side of the ring. We see Sally get up, hits a big strong punch to the gut. Evangelina counters back and ends up uh, hitting a standing vertical suplex onto Sally. Sally eventually recovers from that suplex and hits a running drop kick to Evangelina's hip, but that causes momentum to uh, send Evangelina over the top rope onto the floor. Sally ends up following out to the floor, and we see a little bit of brawling outside of the ring. We see the return of the big bump into the, uh, uh, the plaster and the drywall pillar as Evangelina gets thrown into the pillar by Sally. Uh, eventually Evangelina is tossed back into the ring 
E. Evangelina recovers and hits a big fireman's carry uh, slam onto Sally. Evangelina does an Irish whip, telegraphs a back body drop attempt. Sally ends up hitting a big sunset flip, cradles up, and gets the one, two, three pinfall victory. Sally, the farmer's daughter, over Evangelina. Say, Sally locks the shoulders down with that sunset flip, too, which was honestly her best move of the match. It was very well done, though. Um, and well, I don't know about best move with that leg scissors and the takedown. I thought for a second she was going to invent the Huna Canrana. Like I was sure she was going to flip her over for that. Um, but then there's stuff where like there's just terrible headlocks throughout. Sally cannot do a suplex. I don't know what the original spot was supposed to be. Who was supposed to suplex who? But then it seems like Evangelina just gives up and does the suplex herself. But there was a lot of jockeying for position figuring it out. Like, if you can't do the move properly, you just probably shouldn't do it at all. You're going to risk someone getting hurt there. I was very excited to see the pillar come back as well. And then there was a point in the match where I was sure that they just did not know what was going on anymore. Like, the two of them just staring at each other, wondering what's next. Who's supposed to go next? What's next move supposed to be? No one calling anything. No one with a plan. It would just match almost full on stop for everyone there. And I think even the audience was like, did you guys forget you're in the middle of a ring here or something? Uh, I do like Evangelina preaching during the middle of the matches. And usually it's when she's on a roll and then that's what causes her opponent to recover and eventually get the win but i i kind of like that for her character here uh the pillar is the new splash remember when we first started the series and there was a splash like every match if not multiple ones pillars the new splash because i haven't seen the splash for a while but i do pop for them destroying that pillar each and every episode (laughs) yeah you can tell where they they get on something and then they they stay on it and then you know after a few episodes they move on to the next thing and then the next thing so but they're still stuck on Beastie's Beanery, guys. Um, Beastie's Beanery. We get a shampoo commercial. Then we get our Mountain Fiji Dream sequence with Cheyenne Shear. And that leads us to match number four. Now, guys, Broadway Rose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in love. Yeah. I mean, she... <laughs> so attractive. Extremely beautiful. Is it the tattoo that does it for you? The strategically placed tattoo? No, I just think I, I like the purple. I don't know what she's I don't know what she's got, but it's working. You know, it's interesting you bring up the purple. It is true that some women look very good in certain colors. Yeah. Like the color just brings out something even more attractive. Kevin, what would your color be? All of them, yeah. <laughs> well, that's not really a color, and all of them would be black. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say no, yellow. I, no, no, I mean, yes. my... because out of all the shirts you've worn, the Mr. Korea one is stuck in my mind. <laughs> I just got rid of it too. What? Uh... No. Finally, finally wore away. I just yeah. need to find another tight, ridiculous shirt. Maybe at RetroCon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I take it for granted all of your shirts were tight. Here's what I 
no, but in all seriousness, now Broadway Rose, absolutely, she's my fave. If I if I was going to go on to the Glow Cruise, which, that'd be your number one. Which you'd guys, have, you have to make sure she's there. Guys, I, I watched the YouTube videos. Kevin, did you watch them? Not all of them. I, I got feeling sad for society. It is very sad. Well, number one, <laughs> they're like the opening meeting for the people on the cruise. It's six people. Yeah. It's literally like six people. It's crazy. It's like six dudes like us. That are like, I mean, there's more grew people up on the cruise. Yeah. yeah, there's more people on the cruise. But as far as who's interested in this globe part, there's like, yeah, six. Everyone else is doing something more fun, I guess. Yeah. Hang gliding and boat. Whatever. You know, yacht stuff. Educator knows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad, though. Yeah, really sad. So we will not be going on the Glow Cruise. We're going to RetroCon instead. Right. Which we got to figure out who's rooming with who. For that. Well, you with Broadway. I guess you're bunking up with me, Big Cap. All right. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, so match number four, though, is Broadway Rose and Hollywood taking on Thunderbolt and Lightning. It's the return of the comic book superheroes. They're yeah. back. What did you guys think of this one? I thought this was the best match on the card. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, the, the finish was cool. I mean, it was kind of a delayed setup for it, but definitely a, a fun finish uh, to the match itself. It's, um, it's a little tough for me to get through. Especially the beginning. Not gonna lie. It's a little upset. Why is that, Kevin? Why were you upset? I don't really want to talk about it. I, I I think if you share, it'll help you get through it and embrace it better. Hollywood, my beloved Hollywood, and treats his beloved Broadway Rose. With the most heelish act I have seen so far in Glow, may, nay, maybe in all of professional wrestling, is they tear up comic books. I know, man. What was the, what were they thinking? <sighs> I just they want weren't. to point out, I don't care. <laughs> I thought it was a great move. Imagine what those issues would have been worth today. And, and uh, I mean, maybe enough they could have sold them and bought the Glow magazine. Right, right. Or, or the Playboy Hollywood's in. She's in a Playboy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can find those photos online, Kevin. Wow. Having it or, you could, even better. or you can find them on the Glow Cruise. Coming to you. <laughs> Sign here, please. Yeah. No, Kevin, I mean, they ripped up comic books. What do you want from them? It's awful. You think, I couldn't get it. Do you I honestly get think girls at... like, do you think girls like that like comic books? Uh, we'll find out at RetroCon, won't we? Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Um, all right, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us? I need one minute. I'm Googling Glow Hollywood Playboy picks. <laughs> all right, so Educator, why don't you go ahead and break... There it is. So we see the start of the match between Hollywood and Thunderbolt with a collar and elbow tie-up. Hollywood with an Irish whip and a big scoop slam to Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt reverses a corner Irish whip attempt and hits a corner monkey toss to send Hollywood across the ring. We see Thunderbolt with an Irish whip and she hits a running drop kick onto Hollywood. Thunderbolt tries to do the same maneuver again, but Hollywood essentially rolls out of the way to avoid the drop kick. Hollywood now is working on stopping Thunderbolt, uh, ramming her head into the canvas multiple times. 
Hollywood does a corner Irish whip into her own corner, allowing the double team from Broadway Rose and Hollywood to work on uh, work down on Thunderbolt. Hollywood ends up doing a double leg catapult and ends up catapulting Thunderbolt to the opposite side of the ring, closer to her corner, which then allowed her to just stand up and allowed her to th- uh, tag in Lightning. Lightning tagged in, uh, does an Irish whip and a hip toss to Hollywood. Hollywood ends up countering a second Irish whip attempt and hits a back body drops, causing lightning to crash and burn onto the canvas. We see Hollywood with a side headlock, and then she hits a, a huge running bulldog onto lightning. Broadway Rose finally tags in. We see multiple stops to a downed lightning from Broadway Rose. Broadway Rose continues to choke lightning over the top rope. Does the old macho man maneuver and kind of slingshots her throat back into the ring. Uh, causing her to crash onto the canvas. We see Broadway Rose raking the face of lightning over the top rope. She ends up trying to do a second slingshot, throat first slingshot attempt, but lightning is able to counter by rolling back and then hitting a running drop kick. Lightning works on a full Nelson and a full body snap nair to take Broadway Rose to the canvas. We see lightning with an Irish whip and she hits a running clothesline a la, you know, Bret Hart or, you know, Daniel Bryan of today's era. Broadway Rose battles back and eventually rams uh, lightning into the canvas head first a few times and then hits a big scoop body slam. We see Broadway Rose with an Irish whip into her own corner. And again, the heels end up double teaming, working on lightning. We end up seeing Thunderbolt trying to do a run in save and the referee ends up turning his back and gets and tries to get um, Thunderbolt or I should say Broadway Rose, out of the ring. So Hollywood's now tagged back into the match. She ends up Irish whipping Thunderbolt, or I should say Irish whipping Lightning into the bolt, uh, into the ropes. Lightning is able to hit a sunset flip, but Hollywood is struggling, trying to stay up. And we see a pretty cool finish where, uh, by Hollywood trying to overpower the Irish whip attempt, uh, we see Thunderbolt hit a running drop kick that ends up causing Lightning to cradle her over and get the one, two, three pinfall victory. Winner of the match, your comic book superheroes of Thunderbolt and Lightning. So I already thought it beforehand, but I'm absolutely convinced this is a match taped much, much earlier just based on in-ring work because we've seen Lightning on her own without Thunderbolt doing very well. I, I was at the point where I would put her athletic ability just behind Cheyenne Shares. Doing really well, great amount of confidence, super fast, much better in the ring. And then here she's just second to Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt's treated as the bigger star of the two in the tag team. And then the last half of the match pretty much is Lightning just getting the hell beat out of her by East-West Connection there. Like Broadway Rose does a great job laying a beat down on someone here. So, you know, Hopefully that's good for you, Maddie. But this is not the same lightning I've been watching the previous episodes by any means. This is the lightning that she was many, many months ago. And going back even further in the series, I'm just so convinced of it. And I, I wonder if it's a matter of when you're partnered up with someone, you get uh, used to being in a certain position, a certain skill level. Lightning would only ever rise to Thunderbolt's skill level, but she's also second, so she can't push herself too hard. She doesn't have the 
to drive the ambition for it. But once Thunderbolt's gone, now she has to prove herself on her own. And that's when her, her talent increased a lot. I mean, honestly, as we've announced earlier in the show, I kind of wonder if it's what's going to happen to me when I go solo here. Like, will I rise to the occasion or, or were you two like holding me up the whole time? I'm, I'm not sure yet. Tune in to find out. So we follow that up with Reform School with Sarah and Mabel. Uh, educator, anything from this one? So uh, Reform School, Sarah and Mabel, got to use the word issue in, in a sentence. Issue is or issue ain't a baby. <laughs> I don't My baby. get uh, one. I don't get that one. I think yeah. they could have said. One use issue in a sentence kevin issue yeah. going to retrocon in september i indeed i am yeah see that works yeah. a lot it's, better it's it's a song it was frequently on looney tunes what actually i think even tom from tom and jerry sang it is you is always you ain't my baby i've never heard that before yeah sorry kevin uh but not as sorry as this next shampoo commercial <laughs> then we get country girl dates Hang on, hang on. I think this is the farthest that Country Girl Dates pushed it. Okay. With the, what was it? He's a roofer. He says he's going to nail me tonight or something like that. Take take her to the salon. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Um, I'm getting a manicure. You're right. That's what it was. No. He says he's going to nail me tonight. Yeah. Ugh. Um, But then it goes right into our, our match number five, which is our main event of the evening which is Big Daisy Cool taking on Justice in the battle of six-foot-two monsters. Oh, that sounds like a good, interesting fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's not what happens. Justice, no? Justice comes out on a crutch, and she says Vicky Victory is going to take her spot. And is this a run for the Rubies match? This is a run for the Rubies, so we have another replacement. We got Babe subbing for Sally. Who would have known what happened if, if Babe had won that match? And now we have Vicky Victory as a replacement for Justice. Daisy looked like she was having fun in this match. Her hey. facials, her mannerisms, she looked like she was becoming more and more comfortable with her character. She is the Kevin Nash of Glow. She's Big yeah. Daisy Cool. Like, yeah. it, it fits. And Vicky's fantastic in this match. Yeah. She was really good here. I think it's mostly Daisy. Daisy brings not a, the best. Not as out good of her. as the Big Bad Mama match later. God, that's <laughs> fun though. Yeah, Daisy brings the best out of her people. So, um, all right, educator, why don't you break down Daisy versus Vicky Victory? I knew it. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your Kevin Hellions glow breakdown. Kevin, I knew. Take it away. See, I'm trying to guess now which match it's going to be that you two suggest. And this one between the makes no sense opening, switching who's in the match, actually a very interesting match, and then the screwiest ending maybe that I've seen so far. I thought you know, there's a good chance it's going to be this one. All right, so if you're a new listener, welcome. Here, come just before we close the door and end this show. But once a week, these two go ahead and pick a match for me. To we call. are not ending the show for <laughs> anyone out there. We are just taking a break in between seasons, which was what I originally suggested us doing. Hiatus. Ross Hiatus. And Ray. 
Ross and Rachel all over again. Pivot, Kevin. We're pivoting. We're on a break. So I don't know what match it's going to be. I just have to go by the notes I take as I'm watching the show. So it's just my own ridiculous thoughts. Nothing, nothing uh, enhanced or diminished here. These are my actual thoughts while watching this match. Run for the Rubies match. Daisy versus Justice. A six foot two battle. Oh, Justice is on crutches. Justice says that Daisy jumped her. Now she needs a replacement. Daisy versus Vicky Victory. Vicky runs in and kicks Daisy down. Starts out with rolling snapmares. Vicky off the top with another snapmare. Vicky with the flying cradle. Vicky whips Daisy. Gives a kick. Head scissors. Vicky with a great flip, but she misses. And Daisy kicks her down. Daisy with a big slam, but uh, Daisy ends up falling down to the mat as well with it. Daisy picks up Vicky onto her shoulders and a huge slam down. Then she does it again. No, no, but Vicky hangs onto this one and takes Daisy down. Vicky kicks Daisy out of the ring. Daisy's back in. Vicky with a split off the top. Daisy powers out of it. Daisy headbutts Justice out of nowhere. And then Daisy hits a, quote, Mormon swing. Not quite sure about that. What, that's what the announcer called it. Daisy tosses Vicky Victory into the fans at ringside. Daisy and Justice have words with each other. Vicky tries to come back and get an advantage, but Daisy's just too strong for her. Daisy, with a body slam drop, just picks her up and drops Vicky. Then she picks her up for body slam and this time doesn't drop her, but she just tosses her halfway across the ring instead. Daisy then hits a backbreaker. Daisy has Vicky up, up in the air, and then Justice hits Daisy's knee with her crutch. Daisy falls back. Vicky lands on top of her for the three count. Vicky victory advances and runs for the Ruby's tournament. But, oh, wait, there's more. Because Johnny C is apparently head in charge of Glow and the referees and the matches and also the ring announcer and owner that he has to call his dad every episode to say they haven't made any money. Johnny C on his own comes out and says that the decision is reversed because of Justice cheating. Daisy's now the winner and Daisy advances in the run for the Rubies tournament. And that has been your Kevin Hellion's Glow Breakdown. Yeah, a lot of shenanigans here just to get uh, Daisy moved on. So Daisy is a semifinalist and two won from the first one. Roxy, Roxy Aster. Roxy. So we got two of our uh, final four here. Daisy didn't need this ending to advance. It makes no sense to have your giant six foot two person have to have the decision overturned to win. Remember when, when she was a job, face yeah. for a week? Yeah. A face? No, she's a, a heel. Face? <laughs> so. See, it would make sense if she was a face and Justice and Vicky were the heels to do this move. Then this whole sequence would make a lot of sense. But her being a heel, what? I don't get it. It's best not to try to understand Aunt, Glow. Aunt Kitty's got her grip on her. Just never let her really go. Only one person enjoys... And understands Glow, Kevin. And her name is Elise. 
knows right. exactly where the humor is. Yeah. All right. So after that, we get a don't do drugs PSA with Hollywood. All right, guys. <laughs> okay. So we get a mirror, mirror on the wall segment, and then we roll yeah. some credits. Mm-hmm. And then we get another mirror, mirror on the wall segment. Then we roll mm-hmm. a few more credits. Mm-hmm. And then we get another mirror, mirror on the wall segment. And then we roll some credits. And then we get Johnny C talking with Aunt Kitty. And I think we're done. And then we get the Run for the Rubies commercial. What is going on with this? I nah, I just know that Declan must have been in and out of that room 20 he times. Was. <laughs> he was. He had a blast. My guess is because that Mountain Fiji match was so short. They did it this way to kind of pad out the episode. It just, yeah, it really didn't make any sense. And I really just wanted this episode to end, and it wouldn't end. (laughs) I watched them both back to back. Like, you guys have been smart usually and watch like one one night, one the other. I watched them back to back, and I was exhausted. Like, thankfully, I was watching on Tubi, and they had commercials just so I could look at something else. Break it up. I hear you. I did the same thing on my phone. Yeah, there's oh. nothing better than breaking up the, the glow commercials with a welcome back Applebee's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for Run for the Rubies Part 8. Uh, what you guys think of it? You know, good to see Thunderbolt and Lightning back. Who knows how what the order of the tapings of this was, if this is in fact a return. I guess we'll see if she shows up in future episodes where we see Lightning. Um, like I said, I'm, I have not ever really been a fan of anything with, uh, Mountain Fiji. So protected, so boring, so predictable kind of deal. Uh, I did, I did like, like I said, big Daisy, cool, big fan of, uh, the progression. Yeah. I think Daisy was a good ray of sunshine in the match. Uh, even though I made the jokes, the tag match you know, had its moments and all, but there wasn't anything really just, wow, that was, that was a lot of fun for this episode. It was okay to skippable. Yeah. The episode really did feel like filler, but uh, speaking of filler, why don't we take a quick little commercial break and we'll be back after these messages. Promotional consideration. Paid for by the following. Hi folks, Kevin here, and do I have a business opportunity for you? In my thrifting and reselling and all of my searching, I have stumbled across the greatest find ever. That's right, in an abandoned storage locker that I won at auction, I have found sealed for 30 years the glow wardrobe that's right this storage unit that has been untouched for decades contains every single item from every single gorgeous lady of wrestling these have been sitting unwashed for as long as some of our listeners have been alive and these clothing items are absolutely ripe with profit potential why i don't know if you're aware but many people are making money off of old stuff I've heard about a guy that made thousands of dollars off of toys found in a garbage can. That's right, it can happen and it can happen to you. I have started the bidding at $100 per inch of fabric that you can find here. 
all of the gorgeous ladies are represented here from Hollywood, Godiva, Shy and Cher, both blue and cheerleader costumes. Now, I'm not one to judge. Do whatever you like with it. I hope that some of these outfits can be worn again and fit some of our listeners. But if some of them end up in frames or on display or on mannequins or places I don't want to know about, like on cardboard standees, well, that's entirely your prerogative. But you can send PayPal to the house show account. And I will send these your way. Priority mail, of course. Gotta support the United States Postal Service. And a piece of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling can be with you always. And we are back and we are in the women's locker room. And then we get a Riviera card breakdown. We get a shampoo commercial. We get Tiffany's glow gossip. We get her glow wrap intro. I should literally just copy and paste that in every week. Pretty much. You mean you don't? No, I don't. And then we get our first run for the rubies match. Uh, now, will this one take us to the semifinals? Is this one for the final four spot? This is one for the final four spot. All right. We're getting Beastie taking on Cheyenne Cher. Uh, what you guys think of this one? Kind of quick. Uh, disappointing how, I mean, common sense booking here implies that we're going to advance one. Very protected in terms of like how the finish worked out. So we've got the, the win, but not really truly a defeat by the other or a true loss by the other. It's just a matter of BC snapping and going crazy and getting DQ'd. I mean, I don't understand why Beastie is being protected. Mountain Fiji, sure. Big Bed Mama, sure. Beastie could have taken a pin. Right. Like, I don't understand here. And and it just makes her look foolish to do this, get disqualified, and lose the chance in the tournament. I know they pretend like she's uh, a little off, but she knows what winning a match is. She's from the land down under, you know? Women go and men slumber. There we go. There it is. There it is. All right, so why don't you go ahead and break this one down for us, educator? All right, so we see the start of the match with Beastie charging with a kick and then a headbutt to the abdomen to Cheyenne Shear, who was in the corner. We see Beastie pick up Cheyenne Shear as if she's going to do a scoop slam, but ends up turning it into a flapjack belly whopper onto the canvas. Beastie picks up Cheyenne Shear and gives her a toss over her shoulder and then turns it basically into a back body drop. Cheyenne Shear starts to work a side headlock. But BC was able to counter uh, that side headlock by picking up Cheyenne Shear, dropping her over the knee for an atomic drop. We see Cheyenne Shear recover. She climbs up to the top rope and is able to do a two-handed cartwheel into an arm drag. We see Cheyenne Shear do a head scissors takeover to bring BC down to the canvas. We see Beastie uh, with an over-the-shoulder backbreaker uh, holding Cheyenne Shear up in the air. Eventually, Cheyenne Shear wiggles out and escapes. Hits the ropes, but then Beastie catches Cheyenne Cher for a big scoop slam. Beastie, after that scoop slam, decides to go to her corner and pick up her mace, uh, that big uh, wielding weapon, and basically does a camel clutch choke using that mace uh, and gets DQ'd by the referee. 
Johnny C attempts to get into the ring and to announce Cheyenne Cher is the winner, but Beastie goes nuts and ends up attacking Johnny C, sending him out of the ring, sending the referee out of the ring. At one point on the floor, Beastie grabs the referee, tosses him into the front row of the crowd, and we see a lone security officer come in and wrestle Beastie away towards the locker room. Winner of the match by disqualification and entering the final four is Miss Cheyenne Shear. So they were really looking good together here. Um, BC just with her power moves, Cheyenne Shear with gymnastic moves, bouncing back and forth. Like it really wasn't bad. I thought there was some chemistry. And then Beastie hits this backbreaker and Shear rolls out of it. And there's just this big confused pause between both of them. And then after that is where, like, Beastie just does one slam to Cher, and then she grabs the mace, chokes her out, and gets disqualified. It makes me wonder if Cheyenne Cher got a little messed up at some point, and Beastie kind of, like, rushed an ending that didn't cause Cheyenne Cher to have to do anything else, but could still get her the win. Like, that is, because then, honestly, with Johnny C coming out and the ref and everything, it seemed like absolute chaos at the end, which it was good. It was good chaos. It was entertaining. But I really wonder if Shine Church just got like a little stinger, a little messed up, a little tweaked, something. And Beastie, to her credit, called for a quick finish there for it. Because there's just this deer in headlights look for a little bit there. Or or talent level of glow. And they really didn't know what to do. Booking level of glow is what I'm gonna yeah, go with. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> Kevin, I'm you love giving positive. you love giving more credit to um you know, to the wrestlers and to to all those women, which is funny because the educator, he doesn't give any extra credit out. No. <laughs> if you can't do your regularly assigned work, why would I bother giving you extra work to do when you can't do the regular stuff? That's due. <laughs> so then we follow that up with Dr. Fields and Grope. Here I was hoping that this consultation would have been about her injured leg for a little right. continuity, but no, yeah. no, no, that would have made sense. Yeah. No. Why would but, we, but, but we found out justice doesn't do windows. Yeah. Then we get a shampoo commercial. We get another Zelda zingers and guys match. Number two stinky is back and she is taking on the Uh Good to have stinky back in our lives. Yeah. We got it. We got a glow wrap from stinky. Again, she kind of gets her, uh, she's getting her comeuppance. She's getting her, she's paying, paying her dues. She's kind of making her way onto the, being a permanent fixture on the roster. I'm happy for her. I am upset. I didn't think of the stinky and pinky joke. <laughs> but uh, clearly stinky's rap is a newer one, not filmed in that big group one or at the same time as 90% of the other ones. Right. Commentary is always brutal. Always making fun in Anachka, getting a little round in the middle. The pink elephant schleps to the ring. I mean, that's how it starts. And it's like, ugh, just why? Yeah, it it's bad. Uh, so, Educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down? So, we see the start of the match. Uh, Stinky ends up Irish whipping Nanachka into the corner. And Nanachka goes, basically channels her inner Ric Flair and does the head cartwheel flip-flop flousy over the top rope. Lands on the apron and then perfectly times an awesome looking leg sweep under the bottom rope as Stinky is charging in, causing Stinky to fall down to the canvas. 
We see Ninochka hit a running single leg drop kick, a kind of a, like a glancing drop kick. At one point, we see a one legged monkey toss uh, by Ninochka after there was like a backslide, kind of like a gory special submission like attempt by Ninochka. Uh, Ninochka then just hits a standing vertical suplex and then immediately does the jackknife leg tie up and sprawls over and one, two, three pinfall. Winner of the match after about, what, 45, 50 seconds is Ninochka. I say, somehow this is quicker than that Mountain Fiji match we discussed earlier. Right. A lot quicker. And Stinky's not bad. I, I've felt bad for her because she's given this, like, jobber barely on roll here. But overall, she's not bad in the ring. She wasn't given a chance to do anything here. No. Like, she was just a body out there. And to my shock, though her tag partner as match later that was i was very impressed by got a lot of opportunity to get both offense in and selling um, yeah but yeah. but stinky here just poor stinky the, the barry horowitz a glow no Absolutely. respect nothing here and just not not even the it. barry horowitz like the iron mike sharp i mean at least Bar- horowitz got some victories and got yeah, an this entrance. Is, <laughs> you this know is, yeah this is here's five bucks hit the showers right no, no treats. That's not what I say to women. No. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say anything, Kevin. All right. Good. That'd be wrong. All right. So uh, we followed it up with Godiva's Bare Facts. Did Elise like that one? She was no longer in the room. Okay. Uh... Um, and then we get MTV's Glow Connection. A-OK DJ, baby. I can just picture you doing that on the yacht. Oh, picture him doing it at RetroCon. <laughs> yeah, RetroCon. We'll find him. Where's where's that? Kid? I don't know. Hey, okay, DJ. And we'll hear him from the other side. <laughs> there we go. He's over there. I like it. Um, and that leads us to match number three on the card, which is Big Bad Mama taking on Vicky Victory. Oh, God. Um, I don't even. This is. Oh, I, this I am is, over. This is the epitome of Russell Kraft. It's I am bad. over these big bad mama voodoo segments. I love the voodoo matches. This would be fun. Vegas show. It makes sense, right? But it's not good week in and week out on TV. Right. Also, good. I have a, just a note. One note that says worst ref ever in how slow they are to get to the count. Yeah. Oh, they're slow to everything. I mean, it's just bad. They're not refs, they're rest. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think of this one? <sighs> just way too over the top corny. I just the constant <sighs> causing her to jump to the top rope and do the slip the the splits. I what I was most impressed with was the constant tumble roll all around mm-hmm. the ring, just how tight and how quick she was, you know, rolling around in the ring itself. But it made sense running the ropes and just continuously cartwheeling and like getting exhausted. I mean, gosh, that would just, yeah, crazy cardio for that girl to keep it up as fast as she was going. Yeah, I mean, I think it showed off some acting ability for Vicky. I like that she was trying to fight it off. And yeah, obviously her cardio and conditioning is incredible here to be able to pull off the, the joke of this match. Uh, I think we've watched wrestling long enough to know that Sometimes your comedy matches are working harder than other matches to pull it off. 
But she, uh, Vicky probably worked the hardest in the ring this evening. It wasn't wrestling, but she worked the hardest in the ring this evening. Yeah, it wasn't good either. No. <laughs> I did not like this. I did not enjoy it. I just wanted it to end. And on that note, winner of the match, Big Bad Mama. <laughs> is that, wait, is, are those your notes? I have notes, but I don't want to even go over them. Okay. So, Hellions, if you want the hot tag. You get a hot tag? Are you going to do it? Is he going to do it? Hot tag the Hellions. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your Kevin Hellions hot tag number two. Uh, Kevin, are you ready to drop a hot deuce tonight? That's what I wanted to do on that one. Oh, my God. I, I I don't know what to say. Oh, it's an honor just to be nominated. Kevin, take it away. All right. So, I don't even have to do the opening. I already did it. So, Big Bad Mama versus Vicky Victory. Yeah, I really want you to do the opening where you're like, if you're just joining us, thank you again. If you're just joining us for the second half of the episode, welcome. You missed a good first half of the episode. Once per episode, or now twice, apparently, for reasons unknown to me. These two decide on one or multiple matches that I'm going to call based on my notes. These are the same notes as the previous notes were. I just write down little things to remind myself during the show. No matter how good or bad or embarrassing they might be. Alright, Big Bad Mama versus Vicky Victory. Vicky with uh, spin kicks, drop kicks, and a cradle attempt. Mama tosses Vicky out. Vicky with a drop kick. Vicky tries a monkey toss but uh, can't quite get it. Just kind of pumps her legs up on Mama and tries to put all of it into her back and get it. I watched that move twice. Vicky with a drop kick and a head scissors. Mama just dumps her out on the ring. Uh, Mickey, sorry, Vicky. Vicky climbs Mama and actually takes down Big Bad Mama. I'm surprised. Vicky climbs up again, but now Mama takes her down and has a big slam. Big Bad Mama goes for the bag, pulls out her Vicky doll, pulls out her voodoo dust, sprinkles voodoo dust on Vicky and on the pom-poms. Vicky is now in a trance. Vicky does a cheer for Mama, even though she's trying to fight out of the voodoo dust and the trance. Mama has Vicky climb off the top and go off the top rope. Now twice, no, three times. Victory rolls and cartwheels. Vicky is getting dizzy. She is getting tired. She just, she just drops. Mama with a giant swing, and then Big Bad Mama with the one foot pin for the victory. Aliens, you did me proud. <laughs> that was your extra credit. So this is your first time magic. Oh, but see, I did the first one though, so it's okay. I was allowed this opportunity as well. Right. You did the regularly assigned work, and then I gave you a little bump. Thank you, Kevin, for that breakdown once again. So, oh, anytime. Uh, we're going to move on to Beastie's Beanery. Then we get a shampoo commercial. We get another Mountain Fiji dream sequence with Roxy Aster. And that leads to match number four on the card, which is Zelda versus Sneaky. Uh, what would you think of this one there, guys? Uh, surprisingly good match. I had absolute zero expectations when it started, and I was pleasantly surprised and entertained by this. By both of them. Zelda versus Sneaky. Uh, lots of back and forth offense. Basically, we see what comes off as a squash at the start with Sneaky getting the attack to begin the match. And then Sneaky decides to tear up that family heirloom book 
that uh, Zelda was willing to give to Sneaky to try to help her with her education. And uh, this basically just flips a light switch and Zelda goes nuts. And then she gets all her offense in and gets the, the pinfall. So we, it's an opportunity that we get to see uh, a lot of offense from Zelda and the opportunity to actually see some offense from Sneaky because we haven't seen much in any of the tag matches that she's been in so far. And Oh, and I like seeing Zelda get angry, actually wrestling match, actually, you know, putting something into it. Sneaky wasn't bad at all. A little cute, too. But I kind of into that look. Some weird. All right. <laughs> Interesting notes, Kevin. All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break this one down? So it wouldn't be a Zelda match unless Zelda bumps hard, trying to, for whatever reason, climb over the top rope and get into the ring. And she stumbles hard and bumps face first onto the mat. We see Sneaky attacking Zelda from behind with a leg sweep. Sneaky with a bunch of kicks to the abdomen and then does an Irish whip into the ropes and hits Zelda with a back body drop. We see Sneaky with another Irish whip and catches Zelda into a fireman's carry into a takedown slam. Sneaky mounts Zelda into the corner and ends up grinding the point of her elbow into Zelda's forehead. Actually hadn't seen anything like that in a while on Glow. We see Sneaky hit Zelda with a one-legged monkey toss, sending Zelda across the ring. Sneaky's able to get uh, work on a side headlock and then turn it into a running bulldog to take Zelda down to the canvas. We see Sneaky with a corner Irish whip and repeated punches to the gut and essentially uh, you know, stretching her uh, extended leg and her foot over the throat of Zelda in the corner. We see Sneaky with a running drop kick to the back that sends Zelda over the top rope and onto the floor. And then Sneaky ends up taunting Zelda with Zelda's glasses that were uh, that had fallen off her face and ends up breaking and tearing apart her glasses. And then Sneaky ends up tearing apart that priceless family heirloom, you know, textbook to help, you know, Sneaky that Zelda was willing to use to help Zinky, uh, Sneaky, uh, you know, improve her education. And this basically flips a switch, causes Zelda to get mad. And then Zelda is on the offense for the rest of the match. Zelda attacks Sneaky, getting her back into the ring, works on an arm bar and then eventually a big hip toss takeover. We see Zelda with an Irish whip to Sneaky into the ropes, ends up picking up Sneaky for a scoop slam, but turns it into a gut buster by dropping her stomach first onto her knee. We see Zelda continuing to work on the arm of Sneaky and doing a twisting wrist lock. Uh, at one point, it causes Sneaky to basically do a front flump bump onto the canvas. Zelda with a big corner Irish whip, and she ends up landing multiple shots to the gut in the chest. Zelda does a double leg into a slingshot to send Sneaky across the ring. Zelda ends up hitting a big running clothesline, like shoulder tackle. To me, it looked like a clothesline, but commentary called it a shoulder tackle. Uh, and then follows up with a running drop kick. We see Zelda climbing to the second rope. She jumps off and hit drops a big elbow onto a down Sneaky. Zelda does an Irish whip to Sneaky and ends up catching Sneaky into a unique cradle and turns it into like a crucifix, turns it into a one, two, three pinfall victory. Winner of the match is Zelda the Brain. All right, so let me let me see if I can get wording right here. I feel like 
both the women here took some sort of self-defense class. I don't want to go so far as to say martial arts for the time period, but I was actually shocked at aggression, some some ruthless aggression in here, a bit of attitude, and working over a body part. And it can't be, oh, we got a better trainer, or oh, they learned it from whoever, because then we'd see some of the other girls doing it as well. But Sneaky really just works Zelda down tons of moves here. I was impressed from the moment. And and was this is this even the same Sneaky we saw beforehand in that tag match that was never in the ring? Because I don't think it's the same girl. No idea. I could I could put forth the effort to go back and look, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I think this is a dementia one and two thing again. Like I think someone else is in the sneaky role, but she did very well. She was awesome. Then she goes ahead and breaks Zelda's glasses and the book, and you got Zelda with the arm bars and working over the arm. It's crazy. Yeah, it was so good. I was shocked by it. I thought, okay, who who taught these two something? What or or a class or a background or uh, maybe they're taking martial arts. I mean, I don't know, but I was shocked to see the work for it. Zelda with uh, right the shoulder tackle or whatever you know how they want to call it. That's just a show. I I know what it is. They showed Zelda a tape of Flare Steamboat, Shy Town Rumble. Oh, does the time line up? Yeah, I think so. Is is Zelda kind of like Taskmaster, which everyone will see in Black <laughs> Widow, where he sees a move done once and remembers it. There you go. See, Zelda <laughs> just has what that photographic memory type thing going on here. Um, most surprising match for this week. I, I was shocked by it because Zelda's usually just such a jo- joke, but this was fun and sneaky just out of nowhere for someone right. who's really never seen to hold her own against someone like this. Absolutely. Real fun match. Very impressed. Like this was enjoyable to watch just because I was shocked the whole time. Zelda. She's the brain. She's mm-hmm. been studying tape. Telling you. So. Flair Steamboat, two out of three. All right, educator. Let's go to reform school. Need to use the word? dandelion oh why it's a plant must be we're going to talk about some photosynthesis today must be talking about the different types of chlorophyll that capture energies from the sun in order for the manufacture of food nope apparently we're making a zoo reference at the zoo we saw a unique tiger and a dandy lion question wouldn't have made more sense Instead of saying and a dandelion, if they just said we saw a tiger dandelion, right? There you go. Does that make sense, Kevin? It does make sense. So then we get our, after reform school, we get our women trying on the crown segment. Then we get a shampoo commercial. We get country girl dates. And then we get our wild card battle royal for our fourth Final spot in the Run for the Rubies tournament. Um, we do get our Johnny C rap here. I'm not oh, really going to go over that, but I will go over the participants of the Battle Royal. No, uh, one thing I want to make sure yes. I point that you point out the Johnny C rap. Did you see the girls that were in there in the background? What you couldn't see is three girls in the back, like Sonny was there in the background. And no face whatsoever on camera. Poor Sonny. She, she's a forgotten glow girl. Yeah. 
Yeah. The California girl? Come on now. So, anyways, the people in our Battle Royal, we have Godiva, uh, The Widow in Black, MTV, Hollywood, Sarah and Mabel, in Star. And then we get our face side, which is Tiffany Mellon, uh, Lightning, Zelda, Tulsa, Babe, and Vicky Victory. Um, what did you think of the Battle Royal, guys? It was just basically eliminations. That's There wasn't really much going on whatsoever. I mean, the only like weird kind of side thing that kind of led up to an elimination is when Sarah and Mabel just like started attacking whomever, and then the rest of the girls in the ring, both bases and heels, just got fed up with them and like all worked together to toss them both out at the same time. But it just it was elimination after elimination. There really wasn't like much ring work going on. Godiva being outside of the ring multiple times and then working her way back in, kind of doing the Jerry Lawler thing, that was fun. Uh, and then the one elimination she ended up having from the floor was kind of cool, but um, it's just basically eliminations that essentially happened in the match. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a play-by-play at all. I'm glad it wasn't a hot tag match. I <laughs> have like a couple notes of like, this was interesting, that was interesting. But for most I, part, it's just like, oh, this person's gone. All right, I, I didn't see it, but all right. Yeah, I've got I've got the order of eliminations and who did what uh, for the elimination, and that's about it. Nothing fancy. All right, educator, why don't you go ahead and break it down? Well, the one thing I know, uh, a couple of things that for this particular, I, I want. I'm interested. In how did they decide that the winner of the battle royal was going to face Daisy next week? So that then therefore means that you got to have got, a face win. Um, so you've you've got now that means Roxy Astor is going to be facing Cheyenne Chair. Yeah, because yeah, you so so you easily have to have a face win here because they're taking on Daisy because Daisy's been heel. Right. Or do you? So. Then we also see a segment with in, in there with like Jackie Stallone, who we haven't mentioned anything since like the first podcast of this season. She's now suddenly back and sitting at ringside and at the commentary table with, with Johnny C. Where did she come from? Where do they dig up her I, corpse? I, I have in my notes, where the F did she come from? Right, exactly. Like, has she been sitting at this table the whole time? Is it edited in? It didn't seem like it was edited in. It seemed like it was during that battle royal. Kevin, what do you think the CGI budget for Jackie Stallone is? In Glo- oh, God. I don't know. What was it for Gollum? <laughs> Can't be much far off. All right. So the start of the match, we see Babe eliminating Star as the first elimination. Sarah and Mabel then do a double team and eliminate Zelda by tossing her over the top rope together onto the floor. Sarah and Mabel end up attacking randomly some of the faces and heels in the ring, and all of the faces and heels get annoyed with Sarah and Mabel, and they all collectively work together, the remaining like seven ladies, and just work together and do a double elimination on Sarah and Mabel, sending both of them over the top to the floor. We see Hollywood eliminating Tulsa. Godiva is got knocked out through the ropes to the floor. And while standing on the floor, Godiva ends up pulling lightning backwards over the top rope onto the floor from the outside. Uh, Godiva gets into the ring, ends up getting knocked back out of the ring through the ropes. 
Godiva then gets back into the ring again. And the way they played it off is as Godiva stepped over the top rope, Hollywood and Babe were like jockeying for position and, uh, and near the rope. Apparently it was enough that when Godiva pushed down on the rope to step over it, kind of like Diesel, Kevin Nash style, that was caused the low rope to make uh, Hollywood and Babe kind of follow the top rope for that double elimination. We see Vicky Victory eliminating the Widow in Black. And then MTV eventually eliminates Vicky Victory. So our final three are Godiva, MTV, and Tiffany Mellon. We end up seeing a double team of Godiva and Tiffany Mellon working together. Or I'm sorry, Godiva and MTV working together to toss Tiffany Mellon over the top rope. And MTV and Godiva start to celebrate, but Godiva immediately turns on MTV, picks her up for a big scoop slam, and tosses her over the top rope onto the floor. So your winner, not a face, but a heel, Godiva. Um, God, you went over. There's really just not much with people being eliminated so quick. No real story there. Godiva does real well playing that role and being out on the floor. Um, everyone at one point of the battle royal puts on a hammer lock at the same time and then just pauses and and waits for the queue to eliminate Sarah and Mabel, I guess. Um, Godiva being constantly insulted by the announcer, and I, I was. I've been paying more attention to the ones that he insults to just be like, can I justify it at all? Can I say anything? And and for Godiva, I gotta say, I was really paying attention during this. She's not fat by any means. Not at all. But she it's definitely thick with two C's. And I think that's something to applaud. I'm my glad kind, she won the My catch. kind of girl. Oh my gosh, she looks Love fantastic it. here. Love it. You okay over there, educator? Godiva? Mm. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> I didn't get that. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry, can you just do that one more time with feeling, please, for the... Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, so let's go into the educator rankings. Who's number one for the females here? Because you like I Little still, Fiji. I still have my heart on Little Fiji. You also like oh. MTV. But I, think, uh, I love the AOK DJ. See, I, I faces heels doesn't matter. You like them all? I, I I would say I like them all. So your top three though are those your top three? Godiva, L- Little Fiji, and MTV. MTV. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, do you have a top three? Cheyenne mm-hmm. uh, Share, Hollywood, and Lightning. Interesting, Lightning. A gymnast. She likes that gymnast. That lightning's cute little Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with I love Zelda. (laughs) I do. I find her adorable. I just want to put her in my pocket. Hello. You live here now. Um, uh, Of course, Broadway Rose. Mm -hmm. I mean, Broadway Rose is stunning. Stunningly beautiful. Plus that tattoo. Woof. And, uh... I like Cheyenne Cheer as well, Kevin. So. See, I thought you were going to say Dementia. So, whoop, there it is. Tag team back again. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, we get Cheyenne Cheer's Indian Folklore. Then we get a Mirror Mirror on the Wall segment. Credits roll. And then we get Johnny C with. And the problem with this segment, Big Kev. Yeah. 
It's a recycle. We already saw this. Thank you. That sounded like no So did we see this one? We did this one already. I was sure of it too. Yeah. It's a repeat. Yeah. In and out of the police station. They want to change the uh, one construction fees for a revolving door. I really think we've seen all of them and they just keep replaying them. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. So before we leave, we have four ladies left for the glow crown. Now, Kevin, you already know the answer. So we're going to skip you, but educated out of Roxy Astor, Daisy, Cheyenne Cher, and Godiva. Who's winning the crown? Unfortunately, I already know as well. I did some research and ended up fast forwarding. Oh, no, 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 don't no, 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 not, not actually watch, but I did some YouTube and figured out like who ends up winning after this champion and, and so on. So, yeah. Okay. I got so I, I know, I know where this is going. All right. So I have, I don't want to, down I don't to, want to ruin. I got to narrow it down to two. I think our, our, so let's see. It's Godiva versus Daisy. I think Godiva wins that. And then it's Roxy versus Cheyenne Cher. I'm going to say Roxy wins that. And I'm going to say Godiva wins it all. That's just my own personal opinion. Um, I would go with Big, Big Daisy Cool. Um, because I feel like her style of being a larger woman. You know what? I'm going to put Big Daisy Cool. Take Cheyenne Cher out of my top three. I like Daisy. <laughs> I don't know. I, now, I haven't gone back because I feel like we've had matches announced for quote next week that don't happen. But it's not gonna shock me if those are not the matches that happen next week. No, right? We might get one and then one the next week and then the main. Right. I don't know. No. Yeah, Daisy. She's She does something for me. Yeah, so I think that's going to do it for us on this episode. We'll be back next week with more Run for the Rubies action. Educator, anything you want to say to the people out there? Big thank you to my two co-hosts tonight. Always fun to hang out and plan ahead for the future and future hangouts, as well as talking that wrestling jive from retro times. Uh, As always, uh, thank you to the Retro Network, and I invite our listeners to, of course, please take a peek at all their offerings that they have. Lots of different variety for you to peruse and suck you right in and make you want to go to that RetroCon in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. Educators ready to suck you right in at that RetroCon. Um, yeah, so you can follow me online, as always, at Maddie Treats. Once again, that is at Maddie Treats. Uh, thank you guys for all the fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming out. Thanks to these two guys, the, the co-hosts. I have a, a blast talking to them. Uh, I guess thank you to Glow. Your stuff is uh, crazy, but it's A-OK, DJ. And, uh, yeah, Kevin, why don't you take us home tonight? All right. Sounds like a good plan there. Thank you guys for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to Richard and Jason Gross for our logos. And uh, thank you to everyone who might be at RetroCon, which, you know, I'll do this point here. Shout out to uh, It's a wonderful. See you guys there. You can follow us across the internet at TRN House Show. You can follow me online at Mass Library. You can follow Treats online at Maddie Treats. Go ahead and check out the show notes for merchandise, Patreon, all sorts of cool stuff there. And fun.com. Of course, fun.com is a good site. I was actually on it at work. Probably shouldn't have been. Uh, guys, in my research for the show, 
I was trying to look up some stuff about Beastie to just, you know, be more familiar with the character she is from Down Under. Do you know what the number one export for Australia is? I do not, Kevin. What is the number one export for Australia? Boomerangs. Coincidentally, also the number one import. I don't mind that one. Kevin, I guess you could say I'm coming around on your jokes. No. <laughs> Educator doesn't get it. You see a boomerang leaves but comes back. Yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. I, th- I, th- I think Educator's about to leave and not come back. Yes. <laughs> Three more episodes, you say? <laughs> This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.